0: Amen. This this week we're privileged to have Graham come and share the word. Let's give him a welcome. He got that right, didn't he? Actually, I've I've spent the week sort of working with, working my way out of the victim corner. And uh doing a bit of gardening. So, you know, the one thing with, um, with edges in the lawn is they look straight from the office window. And I've been comforting myself. Of, I'm out of the victim corner, by the way. I'm well out of it. I've been comforting myself with the thought that, you know, Jesus was mistaken for the gardener, so I'm in very good company. <laughs> I want to talk this morning about a, a, a subject that I, that I guess every one of us, at one time or another in our lives, if we haven't yet, we certainly will, will struggle with a belief in a verse which we all know so well, those of us that have been on the Christian journey for a long time. And that verse is Romans 8 28. And we know that all things work together for good, for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. We know that all things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I guess if anybody was qualified to say that, it would be the Apostle Paul. I want to read from... Uh, 2 Corinthians in the Passion Bible translation. 2 Corinthians 11:24 24. About what happened, Paul describing his sufferings for Christ. He says, I've worked much harder for God. Taken more beatings, been dragged to more prisons than they. I've been flogged excessively multiple times, even to the point of death. Five times I've received 39 lashes. Five times, 39. The maths whiz can work that out. How many lashes that is. From the Jewish leaders. Three times I experienced being beaten with rods. Once they stoned me. Hey. Who's been stoned here? I mean, you know what I mean. (laughs) Whoa. Boy, we got some sinners here. Hey. Three times I've been shipwrecked. Shipwrecked. For an entire night and a day I was adrift in the open sea. In my difficult travels, I've faced many dangers, situations, perilous rivers, robbers, foreigners, and we've faced a few of those, and even my own people. I've survived deadly peril in the city, in the wilderness, with the storms at sea, with spies posing as believers. I've toiled to the point of exhaustion and gone through many sleepless nights. and A few of those. I've frequently been deprived of food and water, left hungry and shivering out in the cold, lacking proper clothing and besides the painful experiences and circumstances, I have had the daily pressure of my responsibility for the churches with the deep concern weighing heavily on my heart for their welfare. Quite a list. On top of the shipwrecks, we know what happened in Malta where he, he escaped and all those that were on board and they got to the fire. And as they, as they were gathering wood for the fire, a snake latched onto Paul's hand and bit him. And the natives waited for him to drop dead and die. And they said, they speculated that um, he must have got away from the consequences of what he'd done in the shipwreck. But God had caught up with him. And the snake had finished him off. But in fact, nothing happened. He survived. And then they surmised that he must be a god. So they'd sort of, not only had he had the shipwrecks, but he'd also been bitten by the serpent. And the enemy was always out to get him. Was always out to pull him down was always out to discourage him. And if you've been beaten or whipped five times, 39 times, five times of 39, and you've been in prison, and you'd suffered all those things, you could understand if he was a little bit discouraged at times, right? (laughs) But he wrote this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. You know, many of us are are perhaps facing illnesses and challenges and circumstances in our lives where we felt how can this possibly work to good? And it's a a difficult one to come to grips with at times, isn't it? When we face this. You know, this is the anniversary for me. You know, when I went to Texas, because my daughter had been in that accident. And um, it's been two years. And I've seen a miracle in that she wasn't expected to survive, but she survived. But it... In a sense, I'm in this divine delay between what was a miracle in the fact that she we were watching Black Books yesterday and she was laughing her her head off and loved it, but she's still in a wheelchair and she still can't speak. And there's that sense that we've received what was less than a 10% chance of her survival. They didn't give her any at all when they first got her out of the wreck. but there's this divine delay, and you ask yourself the question, and I certainly couldn't have preached this a year ago, but you ask yourself the question, can this work together for good? And you know, one of the beauties of the God that we serve is that He's a God of complete and absolute love. We've sang about his love. We've heard about his love. He's spoken to us this morning through the prophetic song. God just wants to pour out his love in our hearts. And we'll see as we read through that and go through, you know, what I want to share this morning, that there's a core, there's a core of love. But in that sense we move on to Romans eight eighteen, and we look at the context of this particular verse and we read in there, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. You see what we've got to get a hold of is the fact that this life, is so long and eternity is eternity and God is preparing us in this life and training us to rule and reign with him in eternity and he's put a deposit of his Holy Spirit within us to be our helper and to be our comforter he is our helper the Holy Spirit is our helper and he is our comforter. And the Bible tells us, Jesus says, he will lead us into all truth. And he's giving us a constant revelation of his love. We start out with so much, it gets a little bit bigger as we, as we work through life. And in the area of suffering, suffering, the Bible teaches us, and Paul particularly, who wrote... I guess the larger proportion of the New Testament. He suffered more than anybody else. But his revelation was greater than anybody else. He had an amazing revelation of the love of Christ. He had amazing revelation of the things of God and of the truth and of our identity in Christ Jesus. And we've been talking about that that whole area of identity, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us as a church about identity. We have it on the front of our little leaflet there that we're, we're moving into a identity, moves us into our destiny.. Yeah. Yeah. And our identity in Christ is in His love. Yeah. And the love of God will be shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the way that God uses that is through the things that we suffer, through the difficulties that we face, through the challenges and the circumstances which challenge our faith. Jesus talks about the Word and trusting His Word like a rock. And some of us build our, our lives upon sand and some upon the rock of his word to trust him to know him there's a I don't want to lose what Jenny shared on last week we she talked about the theme of the core of love and um, I've got a little diagram up here Um, and if we get really down and dirty with ourselves in that sense that we get honest with ourselves. When I say all things work together for good, some of us will be in that victim corner and will say, well all things might work together for good for some people, but not for me. They never work for me, God's not there for me. Yeah I know He's there but, mm, you know, not for me how can he be and the the narcissist he he might say well God works all things together for good for me don't really care about anybody else (laughs) but he works together for me and the rescuer will say well you know God's working together everything for good for everybody else but it doesn't actually matter about me because I'm a bit of a martyr you know <laughs> I'm struggling a bit but hey as long as I'm helping somebody I feel good about myself because that's where I get my identity for what I do what I do for others not from the core of love which is Christ our identity in Christ And the compliant, the chameleon, he sort of, well, sometimes, sometimes, things work together for good. Are they working together for good for you? Are they working together for good for you? Good? Oh, that's good. It doesn't really matter too much about me. But for you, it's working together for good. In the sense that God wants us to bring us to that place where we know that all things, not some things, but all things work together for good to those that love God. There's Paul, imprisoned, beaten, persecuted, struggling with opposition, struggling with people that say they're Christians who are not, struggling with the just the opposition With the the fact that he couldn't, you know, he couldn't catch a a plane to go to Spain, (laughs) he had to go cross-country. From Rome to Spain, walking to take the message, went from house arrest for two years, went off to Spain, preached the Gospel, ended up coming back to Rome, ending up in prison but in a hole, in a dungeon, waiting to be beheaded. But he knew all things worked together for good because his measure was eternity and he trusted without necessarily seeing the outcome. Now sometimes we see the outcome of everything working to good, even though it seems to be adverse. But sometimes we've just got to trust and know. There's a screenshot that I want to bring up here that, about the, the sense that who we are in God. The world, it, we're told we will have trouble, we will have tribulation. In the world we will have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And I've listed a few things that we struggle with, we have in this world, and what God's perspective is. We've got, first of all, we've got our five senses. Many of us live out of our five senses. But the Bible tells us that we're a new spiritual being. We've got a new heart. And through that new heart that is within us, the spirit of God within us, our mind is being renewed. In this world, we're mortal. We know we're going to die. But in God's kingdom, we're immortal. We dwell in time. God doesn't dwell in time. God dwells in eternity, forever We're present, God is omnipotent or omnipresent. We have expectations, we have expectations of ourselves, we have expectations of others. God has no expectations of us. You might want to think about that. That'll be a bit of a challenge for some of us, I think. This world ends, God's world, their kingdom never ends. We change, God is constant, he's unchanged, he's unchangeable. Fear and hate is the fallen state of this world. Yet faith and love is what we're called to in the kingdom. You know, God is omnipresent. Because we live in the presence, in the present, our own awareness of space and time are not God's. Our own awareness of space and time are not God's. God is omnipresent. He is both in the past, in the present, and also in the future. So He knows where you're going. He knows what he has for you. He knows his plans for you are all good. Amen. Amen. That's why he doesn't have expectations of you, he is in your heart working out his purpose. And he, because he dwells in the future, knows what your response will be. You know, many of us, much of our suffering, and having gone through, I think, probably without full diagnosis, a sense of um, post-traumatic stress last year, I just realized that there were times when, you know, you go through stuff, and I I remember this from an experience I had when my mother had a long drawn out um, illness, cancer, and she died when I was 17. So in my mid-teen years, I just remember um, just the suffering of my mother, who I was very, very close to, and... After that time, I'd sort of end up, I was on the road as a rep, and I'd go in and see my sister, who was married and with children, and I'd just sort of suddenly find myself asleep. This was, I'd just stop for lunch. I'd just find myself asleep on the couch. And for some reason, as a 17-year-old, when I should have been full of, if you like, vigour and um, enthusiasm and plenty of energy... I went through a period of several months where I just wanted to sleep in the middle of the day. And what that is, is that just the body protecting itself in the sense of, of the grief process that you're going through. And there's um, something I've discovered that called compassion fatigue, and many, many families, many um, marriages fail through compassion fatigue after the loss of a child because the compassion factor is what it's called and it can, it can happen to those that are, in, that are in caring professions also. That sense of being faced with, with pain and what that can do. So there are times when we need to journey with people and help them through those times because they're a season and they do pass and we need to know that. But in those times, if somebody comes to tell you that all things work together for good, it's not usually fully appreciated. Because that's our human state. You know, many of our toxic, unhelpful thoughts are due to expectations we place on others and on ourselves. The Bible tells us to take every thought captive and I believe that we can get an insight into God's love as we take those thoughts captive as we recognize them sometimes we go if we go through the exercise of actually catching our thought life spending a time of praise and worship maybe each day and then just sort of sitting there and saying and thinking what what are the thoughts that come into your mind and just writing them down you'll always find something that's maybe a little bit negative or toxic or somebody will come to mind that's really a pain you know difficult person that you think are a difficult person but it could be your response to that person not necessarily the person right That for whatever reason, you know, I was, uh, I went through a little, little sort of traumatic thing, when Amy said, you know, tell somebody your first pet, and I had, I I just went straight back to when I was about eight, or nine, I don't know, or maybe it was ten, I don't know, something like that, I went back to that time when my first own pet, which is a budgie called Peter, Uh, (laughs) I shot back there, and I remembered I'd had him for about six months, and he was my mate. I'd get home from school, I'd want to get home to Peter. And Peter would come and fly, and he'd get on my shoulder, and he'd get on my head, and he'd sort of peck my eyebrows. And he was my mate. And I went on holiday for a week, and my parents were away as well. And Peter was taken care of by somebody we knew. And he pined to death, wouldn't eat. And I came back from my holiday after a week and found my budgie was dead and I remember going through incredible grief and I got an echo there. <laughs> you know, we have these things that have gone on in our lives that leave a mark. I mean, that's relatively small thing. Some things are quite big yeah. and they're part of our, if you, if, if you like, part of, our, of the wounds that are within us. Our humanity and that was an echo from the past immediately something can suddenly come up somebody can remind you of something and we project our pain onto them all things even Peter grieving to death (laughs) work together for good and you think, well, what's that about? Do all things, really? It's god control of all things? Yeah, He's omnipotent. He's, he's everywhere. He's in control. He's sovereign. Hey, totally, completely sovereign. This is the God we trust. Amen? Amen. This is the God we believe in. That He is in control of all things all things work together for good that is our antidote for our pain that is the antidote for our suffering and you might be going through something at the moment and that's cold comfort but it will pass you will come through it God will bring you through. Romans 8, 35, 39 talks about how we're to be centred in love. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors, through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, that's a thing, nor life, that's another thing, neither angels, their things, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In Paul's day, if you call Jesus Lord... In the time of Nero and persecution, you are liable to be a torch in his garden, you are liable to be persecuted, locked up, killed. You might have found yourself in the amphitheater, facing wild beasts. The consequence for a Christian who called Jesus Lord, instead of calling Caesar Lord, was death. Or at the very worst, imprisonment. Or very least, imprisonment. The consequences in that era, the consequences for some of our brothers and sisters in the Middle East is not that dissimilar. But they have a city. They have a land. The land that we heard about in the prophetic word this morning. The land... That is eternity. We know that when we go from this life, we know that when Paul lost his head in Rome, he went to be with the Lord. In fact it was so real to him, he said, I'm caught between this, this place where I'd rather go and be with the Lord but it's sort of more important perhaps that I stay here with you because I haven't quite finished what I've got to do. And when I talked about expectations, and God has no expectations of us, because when His love is shed aboard in our hearts to such an extent that we're living and breathing the eternity within us, the expectations perhaps that we put upon ourselves diminish because our motivation is through his love. His love is what calls us higher. His love is what calls us to love others. His love is what calls us to go and do that stuff that involves serving him. It's a natural outworking of his spirit, the helper, the comforter, the one that comes for those that are righteous. He comes to convict the world of sin but he comes to speak to those that believe of their righteousness of how much he loves you. That's what he's all about. His expectation of you is merely to live in his love and everything else will just flow from that because our identity is in him. And for those of us that have maybe had a, a, a sense of a service mentality of a kind of a religi- religious sense of upbringing and obligation, that is quite a hard one to get around because at the track of our mind has been set, and I certainly know mine was with my upbringing has been set in a service mode, in an obligation mode, and that has got. Mean to all sorts of grief because, you know, by our own righteousness, our own righteousness is filthy rags. But his righteousness, his identity, his love within us is what leads us. That, that scripture is so, so amazing. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. If you're trying to be a conqueror in your own strength I've got some bad news for you. It ain't going to work. But because we're more than conquerors in Him all we need to do is say, Lord, here I am. Give Him your time give Him your heart. In everything that you do, in every place where you go, in your workplace, in your home, in your suffering and in your pain, give it to Him. And He will turn all things to good Mm -hmm. for you. Amen. David, was a man we're told after God's own heart and we read about David and we think did all things work together for good for him? I mean he did some stuff we know, we know that he was running from Saul and we know that he was persecuted unjust, unjustified and then he became king and he became strong and we know he committed adultery and after the adultery he committed the murder. And after the murder came the consequences in his own household where one brother raped a, a half-sister and Absalom took vengeance on him and killed him. And David had all sorts of grief going on in his, in his life. that Absalom rebelled against David and took Jerusalem and David had to flee. Then he came back and then Absalom was killed and we look at the whole story of the life of David and we say, did all things work together for good for David who had a heart that was after God like no other? And yet, we have the Psalms. And we have the story of David which we all identify because of his humanity and his failures yet we read the Psalms the most incredible poetic book there is read more than any other and we see that all things work together for good Because David when he went through that stuff and when he repented and came back to God and wrote wrote Psalm 53, creating me a new heart O God, renew a right spirit within me, that he was writing to millions of Christians who would pray that as a prayer, down through the ages. He didn't know that, he didn't know his Psalms would be read by us today, thousands of years later. But God was working all things together for good. All those sermons that are preached about the life of David and how God restored him and brought him back. David, when he was living that, didn't know that sermons were going to be written about him. Joseph, did all things work together for good for Joseph? He didn't do anything wrong. He got put in a pit, sold into slavery by his brothers. He said, well, it'll be okay because all things work together for good. Did he believe that? When he was going through that as a 17, 18 year old when he was in Potiphar's house and things started to look up for him and he was going well and oh I'm looking after Potiphar's house everything was put in his trust and charge and then Potiphar's wife took a fancy to him and he knew that was wrong and he didn't follow that and he didn't go with that even though she pestered him and and moved in on him every now and again to the point where she lied about him and he got put in prison. Was that fair? Did all things work together for good for Joseph? In the end, they did. He was in prison for, I don't know, seven, ten years. What was he thinking in that place? How was that for him? He didn't have Paul's writings, all things worked together for good. All he had was a trust In a God that had given him a vision when he was a young man, and when it started to, that all started to happen for him, and we know that the whole plan that God had for him was that he was going to rule in Egypt, that he was going to deliver the then-known world from famine, because God had a plan, and God has a plan for you and I. And that plan is a good plan, to work all things together for good. Genesis 50 tells the story that when Joseph, when um, Jacob, Joseph's father, died, his brothers were scared that Joseph would take revenge on them for what they had done to him. I'm sort of presuming you all know this know the story, if you don't, have a read of Genesis, it's a great story and it really illustrates how God can work all things together for good over a period of what, 20, 25 years for for Joseph and then much more before it was fully fulfilled and Joseph's brothers were told by Jacob before he died to speak to Joseph and say, I ask you forgive your brothers the sins and the wrong they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of God, of your father. And when that message came to Joseph, he wept. And his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him, we asked your slaves. But Joseph said, don't be afraid, am I in the place of God? Because he recognised that God was sovereign. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then do not be afraid, I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them. You see, what had worked out in Joseph's life, through his hardship, through his difficulty, through his pain, through being accused wrongly, through being imprisoned, wrongly through being sold into slavery by his brothers being hated and despised was a heart that wept and a heart that served. He had all the power and if you read the story of how his brothers were brought back into relationship with him you'll see there was a real struggle for him. He tried to separate out Benjamin who he, was his younger brother and not responsible for what had happened to him from the others that were but God didn't allow him to do it and we read the story that he broke down in tears and revealed himself to his brothers and there's a lot of analogy and picture about what Jesus has done for us in that story a lot of typology Joseph said, don't be afraid, God intended it for good, what you did, God intended for good, to accomplish what is now being done in the saving of many lives. I just wonder, maybe if you can relate to that, that maybe some of the things that have been done to you, some of the difficulties and relationships, perhaps, that you've had, are part of God's plan. Yeah. And that might be a bit of a left-field one for you, a bit of a hospital path. So I don't, don't know what I can do with that. But maybe, if you could look at it in the sense that where you're perhaps struggling with somebody... That's been mean to you, who is an enemy, that God is using that enemy. That's why Jesus says, Love your enemies and do good to those that despitefully use you. Because he knows that God is a whole lot bigger than your enemy, He's a whole lot stronger, He's a whole lot more powerful and he can bring about an amazing deliverance for the saving of many lives for what he does in your heart and we can look outside of him and, and look for God to show up and, and make those changes but unless we take on that sense of the toxicity and the hurt and the pain within ourselves and come to terms with that and just give it to him and allow Him to replace it with the positive with the fact that He is in charge He is sovereign all things including this thing this thing this nasty thing this person all things work to good for those that are called according to His purpose you're part of His purpose we are part of his purpose. I just want to end up with um, a quote from, from Job. Job 23, eight. we know the story of Job and the prophetic and the, the sense of the poetic message of the book of Job where it was almost looked like a kind of a competition between satan and god where satan said if you do this if you take if you let me touch him if you let me take all that he has if you let me touch his skin so that he suffers he will curse you and that's a whole different sermon looking into that side of things it's a difficult one to come to terms with but But Job said but if I go to the east he is not there, if I go to the west I do not find him when he is at work in the north I do not see him when he turns to the south I catch no glimpse of him in other words he's saying where is God I don't see him all this, what's going on but he knows the way that I take When he's tested me, I will come forth as gold. In other words, he didn't see. He didn't see what God was doing. But he trusted, even though he didn't see. And we look at the story of of Job and we, we see... His incredible deliverance but in that time there were these friends that came so called friends that came and said oh maybe this is why this is happening to you, your theology is all wrong, this is why this is happening to you, you've trusted in in your riches and your wealth and your success, this is why this is happening to you. Often we look for reasons and God says, I'm sovereign. I'm omnipresent. I'm omni. I'm all there is. I'm the past, the present and the future. It's that simple, folks. He's in control. Let's trust him. Amen.
1: You stand with us. Nothing can separate, even if I ran away, your love never. make mistakes, but you have new mercies for me every day. Your love never fails. You stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes. There may be pain in the night. The joy comes in the morning and when the oceans rage i don't have to be afraid because i know that you love me your love never fails Never fail. The wind is strong and the water's deep. I'm not alone here in these open seas. Your love never fails. The chasm was far too wide never thought I'd reach the other side Your love never fails You stay the same You stay the same through the ages Your love never changes There may be pain in the night But joy comes in the morning And when the oceans rage, I don't have to be afraid. Because I know that you love me. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. For my good You make all things Work together for my good You make all things Work together for my good And you make all things Work together for my good Together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. You stand the same through the ages. Your love never changes. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't have to be afraid Because I know that you love me You stay the same through the ages And your love never changes There may be pain in the night But joy comes in the morning When the oceans raise I don't have to be afraid Because I know that you love me You'll never
0: fade I just want us to Just for a moment Just to Get a hold of that that, sing, that sense, that, that truth that all things, all things, yeah. not some things, not sometimes, but all times and all things work together for good. Yeah. And maybe, you know, there'll be those of you that are facing Life stuff, problems, challenges, health issues, pain, heartache. Can you give it to him? Can you just give it to him and trust him? Not look for a reason. That may may well be revealed later. It may not. Can you trust him? Can you trust him? Just offer it to him now. Let's just spend a little time just offering. Lord, we trust you. We trust you that all things work together for good. There's challenges in relationships, perhaps with children, perhaps with siblings, with parents, challenges in the work context, where you're struggling, can you trust him, give it to him, maybe there's areas in your thought life that have become toxic due to these things, and these difficulties. Lord, we we bring those thoughts that are perhaps toxic and those thoughts that are negative about individuals or circumstances. And Lord, we, we just offer you those thoughts, that situation, we give it to you. And Lord, we pray that you would give us fresh insight from your word this morning fresh insight a fresh perspective of how you see it that you can turn it around and work it to good because nothing can separate us from your love nothing can separate us Amen
2: hard one to transition into notices with actually. I'm still processing myself so we'll see how this goes. Uh, So we've got an opportunity um, to become a member on the 25th of October at 7.30pm here at St Albans. Um, Oh my name's Seb by the way, yeah that's the first mistake. Um, We've also uh, just got a notice about uh, Operation Christmas Child and I've just got some stuff from Nate I'm going to quickly read through so so far we've got um over 60 boxes which is just incredible um and thanks nay for organizing this it's been awesome awesome to just uh do the process um you can still drop them off at church next week or at church during the week that kind of feels like when your mum says dinner's ready and it's actually like another 10 minutes until it's ready and but it's cool it's good that we've got the extra week um so from here, the boxes will go to a Power Baptist church to be loaded into a container with all boxes from South Island. Uh, they then get sent to Auckland to be processed for customs purposes. And then they go off to Thailand, Cambodia, Papua New Guinea, and Pacific Islands. And then they get uh, distributed by local churches and schools. Um, and they have a community, a community day and offer for the children to come back for a, um, a sort of a Sunday school type program. Um, And if the young people don't want to come to that or the children don't want to come to that, then they get given a book of Bible stories to take away. And I think the ones who come probably get one as well, I'm guessing. Um, But yeah, it's just an amazing process. And I think we've got a, a video now to show.